Welcome to The Everglow, a podcast with real advice you can actually use to live a better, happier life, especially if you're an empath. No burning sage, no crystals, no BS. Join me as I travel the world sharing the valuable lessons I learn. Hit subscribe on iTunes or wherever it is that you're listening to this to get new episode updates. Bad boys, bad boys. What you gonna do? What you gonna do when we come in you? What up, Mr. International up here in the Heezy with Thailandy. What is up, Thailandy? Yo, yo. How's everything going over there? Sleepy. Not to, yeah, I don't blame you, man. So yesterday we had a fucking wicked day. We decided to do the island hopping tour. One of the two main island hopping tours here in Shargao. Um... This is the basically the island hopping tour that goes to Naked Island, Guiam Island, Daku Island, a coral garden you see, and then as well as uh, Secret Island. So we'll talk a little bit about the, the tours we went on here in Shargao, but it was really just a great trip because the weather was great. You know, there's a little bit of rain here and there, but it's actually welcome on an island hopper tour because of the reason that you don't want to be out in the sun getting baked from morning to the to night because you're usually out in a boat for most of the day so uh we decided on this tour just because we thought it would be a little bit more simple and it's all the main places everybody told us to see uh so it started early in the morning the bus came or the van came and picked us up at around i think around seven and then we're at the dock to hit the boat by about eight mm-hmm. uh so that's what's up uh, Thailandy, tell me your tell me your experience on the trip. What are some of your memorable? What do you remember the most about the trip? Or do you have any commentary on it? Do you suggest people take it? Yeah, I mean, I think it, it comes down to the people, really, that we met, right? Like the the islands are awesome, white, super powdery sand, clear water, but for me, the 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 lasting impression will be the people that we met on the trip. Absolutely. That, that was one of my favorite parts. And, you know, we were talking about group travel before and this kind of like at a smaller level shows the benefits of these group, group travel tours, because while this was just a day tour, you know, we made some incredible friends that day yesterday. And then when you're in a group tour for an extended period, like seven days or two weeks, you really become this little tight knit family. Uh, so yesterday, you know, it's always like this on any tour. The first couple hours, everybody kind of keeps to themselves. People are still waking up, feeling each other out a bit. And then, you know, once lunch hits, people start talking to each other. And, you know, all the walls come tumbling down, as they say. So the tour started on the boat. And we were kind of waiting around quite a bit on the boat. Uh, we weren't sure why we were waiting to leave. The, the, first they said, well, they're waiting for some inspector to come on board, this, that, and the other. And then uh, a couple of people joined, the, you know, walked on the boat later that are part of the tour. So long story short, I wasn't waiting, sure if they were waiting for more people or whatever. But right when we we're about to leave at the very last minute, this girl walk <laughs> kind of stumbles onto the boat solo. Uh, Filipina girl from Manila. She like total party girl. She had she was such a party girl. She came on the boat with like two bags of makeup um, and you know, uh, dark sunglasses. Dark sunglasses. She had just gotten home at 4 a.m. And from what she was telling me, she was she was supposed to go on the other tour, but had woken up late because she was still drunk. And I can vouch for that because uh, for some reason she decided to sit beside me, and we ended up becoming pretty chummy. We talked the whole time, me, her, and Thailandy, and. Uh, I most certainly smelled alcohol on her the entire trip. <laughs> so um, I actually enjoyed that part because as soon as she got on the boat, she was just like, you know, talking as though we were old friends, which I thought was fun. So uh, that was a, she was a, she was an interesting character. Yeah, we she was like the definition of a hot mess. Definitely a hot mess in a really fun way. She had like um, hair extension showing. I mean... Yeah, she was 
when we got to the islands, she was just rolling around the sand, just in the water, just just kind of drunk. Still, I think so. I feel like she was drunk still. Or, or you know, if we're not being critical, you know, she came, she came to this island to party, as most Filipinos do, mm-hmm. as most people do, and she fully executed on that. So, congratulations to her. Honestly, yeah, yeah. yeah if she hears yeah. this, this is not a diss. I actually thought it was hilarious. I think she was one of the coolest girls on the trip. Yeah, by far. And uh, it, I, yeah. if anything, we, we we weren't keeping up with her. Oh yeah, that's hard to do because she she yeah she was a pro at this. Like so, we get to the the first stop, which is Naked Island. So, mm-hmm. Naked Island is basically this uh, I'll call it a sandbar, if you will, like out in the out in the ocean, and it's it's not huge. It's what maybe a hundred feet in diameter, two hundred mm-hmm. feet in diameter, mm-hmm. and uh, it's just this sandbar that you the boat comes up to. And you just kind of walk around there and like chill out and hang out in, in the ocean a little bit and that's it. So it's kind of like a unique thing. Um, yeah, I knew the girl was still in drunk mode too because she <laughs> she she was like on the boat. They had a big speaker and they started playing like some electronic music, and she was like like going yeah yeah like she's like dancing in the water. It was so hilarious and it was like what eight thirty in the morning thirty in the morning like the party was still going on. Um, but she was cool. So the first stop is Naked Island on the island hopping tour. Now the package right now, this is 2023. They sell it for about 1500 pesos, Filipino pesos, which translates into about roughly, uh, $30, which is pretty good for the whole day. Cause it includes your lunch. So the first stops Naked Island. I think we were there for what? 30 minutes or an hour? Was it, was it 30 minutes? Yeah. 30 minutes. 30 minutes. So just hang out. Then we get back on the boat. And uh, the next thing we do is, uh, I don't think we went to Guillaume Island next, actually. We went to uh, the Coral Garden, right? We went snorkeling. Mm-hmm. So we went snorkeling. That was the second part of the the whole thing. What was your experience more snorkeling? Um, well, the, the snorkeling was, uh, uh, actually, most of the coral bed was dead unfortunately but there were some parts that were pretty colorful with fish um, now how do you know if a coral bed is dead well it's all gray and decomposing now what could it cause do you think over tourism caused that or what could cause that um i don't know to be honest it could be it could be over tourism it could be um the uh i don't know the just environment that's in. Okay. Who knows? I don't know. It, it was a very obvious what it was, but obviously if boats are going there every day, it's probably not a good thing. The tourists and their sunblock and everything. Right, yeah. It, 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 it couldn't, couldn't have helped. Yeah, a little known fact that's getting a bit more notoriety is that, you know, the sunscreen you put on your skin, aside from the fact that a lot of the traditional sunscreens are very toxic for you, um, well... It shouldn't be too much of a surprise. They're also very toxic for the environment. And so if you go to Mexico, if you're familiar with what are called cenotes, which are these, you know, depressions or big holes in the ground that ha- are filled with, you know, water and, and nature, and you go swim in them, you know, they're, they're saying, they're telling people too to stop using sunblock or certain sunscreens because they're killing the, the life inside of the cenotes, these little, like, caves underground. Mm. So... And, you know, so just as a quick aside, sunscreens can be very toxic for you because they have uh, endocrine blockers in them. So if you ever think about how sunscreen works, people don't like the traditional ones that have zinc that just create a white layer on the top of your skin. But if you think about it logically, having that layer on the top surface of your skin is what reflects the sun away and what helps protect your skin in the first place. But because people didn't like that look on their skin... They develop these uh, sunscreens that you can lather on your skin and they become transparent. Um, you know, and it looks more attractive, obviously. But the downside is what people don't realize is that there are chemicals in that which are designed to absorb underneath your skin, which are not good for you. Uh, so anyhow, that's just a quick aside. So try if you are buying sunscreen, you know, try to buy sunscreens that don't have all these extra things in them and that are more zinc based mm-hmm. so anyways 
So yeah, that was fun. The snorkeling was pretty quick. And then after that, I believe I believe after that we went straight for lunch, didn't we? Or did we do a third third thing before that? Hmm. Um, no, I believe the next one was Davos Island, right? Daku Island. Daku, Daku Island. Okay, so then we went to Daku Island. So Daku Island is just another island right off the coast. Now, they do something there where they create this elaborate, you know, platter that's like six feet long. Well, maybe five feet long, four feet wide, three feet wide. And it's just this platter which says Siergao Island on it and it's spelled out in rice. And it's got like, it's like traditional island food, right? Like crawfish. They have like fish, fish, crawfish, snails, sea snails, um, chicken. Pork. Don't forget the pork cutlets. Yep. Um, pork cutlets. The fruit, right? The seasonal fruit. It was just like a feast on a table. Yeah. Uh, layered. The table has a layer of banana leaves on it. And um, yeah, it's just like gluttony. It, 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 it looks like gluttony kind of on a table. Yeah, if you ever want to know what it looks like, Google... Uh, I'll, put, I'll put it on my website, but Google Boodle Fight. So B-O-O-D-L-E, D like David. So B like boy, O-O-D-L-E, space fight, F-I-G-H-T. I don't really understand the name of it, but that's what it is. So yeah, that, that's kind of where all the barriers came down. So, you know, I told you we had an interesting group, but we, you know, as I've also mentioned, I've noticed Chargao is mostly European tourists and then your Filipino tourists. And there is there are close to zero I haven't, I haven't seen any many Canadian or American tourists. So the, the, the bulk of them seem to be from France, Germany, and Spain. Uh, I'm not sure how this got on their radar, but it is what it is. So, and I'm no problem. They're, they, they've always been very respectful when they travel. So, you know, we started talking with these guys. Now, here's how, you know, first impressions are. One of the, one of the guys on, I saw on the tour, as soon as we got on the boat, he, you could, he looked like, this traveler forever, you know, he had the long curly hair. He looked like your complete surfer guy that had just left society and was kind of living off the land and living, living off a backpack. I, I, I assumed he had been Sargao for like years. He looked like it, right? Yeah, yeah. He looked like he'd come here for a surfing trip and just said, fuck it, I'm never going back home. Because um, like right off the bat, he was putting on his music for the whole boat and like dancing without a care in the world. And who knows, maybe he didn't have a cure in the world. Um, so I kind of prejudged the guy, but not in a negative way. And then, you know, we, we start talking. And I thought, I thought I had him pegged as somebody from France or Spain, but I thought France because of his accent. So, you know, as, as luck would have it, we end up seated next to one another for lunch and we start talking. And this guy, man, he's really, he ends up being like such a cool guy. So this is why I should never judge a book by its cover. Turns out, He's Iranian. He has an Iranian background. He's German, not French. Uh, so he's like Iranian German. And uh, he, forget about being a beach bum. This guy's a pediatrician, very well trained. <laughs> like went to a great school, and he's a pediatrician in Germany. And he basically just said he basically works six months, and then he makes enough money that he can travel for the last six months of each year, or at least that's what his plan is, and that's what he's doing now. And so. He's kind of like a very intelligent guy. Like, I mean, one of these guys that's super well-read, right? Like, you know, you find some people that are somewhat well-read and they're quoting to you, like, some of the major philosophers. Well, this guy's quoting you the philosophers, philosophers on top of the philosophers on top of the YouTube guys that are famous now, like Joe Dispenza. Um, so, really, but really neat guy. Like, he's not shoving his stuff down your throat. But, you know, kind of like one of your anti-establishment guys that's like, you know, society's kind of messed up these days. His big thing is that there's just way too much focus on material wealth um, <clears throat> and people are just burning themselves out and stuff. So we had a fantastic conversation about that. Um, but, you know, never judge a book by the cover because it turned out he wasn't some beach bum kind of guy. Although he's definitely, is, he is a surfer, of course. So we talked a lot about, you know, quantum mechanics and, you know, just like not not assigning your value to your job and what you do for a living and just enjoying life more because you can't take stuff with you to the grave and what have you. And he was there with his wife or long-term girlfriend who he also called his wife, who's German as well. So he was a really cool guy. Now he, he kind of gets up in your face a little bit when he talks, but um, 
you know, he invited us to all these things and he invited us. He's like, if you're ever in Germany, I'll come pick you up and show you around. Like really genuine, genuine guy like that. Right. So anyways, I thought he was fun. Yeah. Yeah. He's, um, yeah, as you said, very anti-establishment, um, kind of, I mean, it, it was good just to get his, get, you know, it's refreshing to see it, that, that perspective. Because especially when you're at home, you don't see that much. Right. I mean, you don't see that type of guy walking around Los Angeles any given day. That's true. Yeah. You won't see a doctor like you won't see a doctor that it's rare to meet a doctor that quit practicing medicine. I don't think I've ever met one. I think this goes back to what we were talking about yesterday, which was, um, yeah, like when everyone, everyone on that boat were, they were travelers and that brings in like a very specific group of people that you wouldn't, you wouldn't normally meet, um, in, in, in daily life. That's right. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So we met him and his wife. And then I also got to met, meet this other girl who, um, also a solo traveler. She's been traveling and by next February, so in a few months, a couple months from now, she'll have been traveling for an entire year around Southeast Asia, like Thailand, Cambodia, you name it. So she's French. She's from France, to be precise. She's from Nice. And, uh, you know, good for her doing it solo. I mean, there's a lot of concern, you know, especially as a female, there's a lot of concern about safety. And I've always, I've always preached how safe I think Southeast Asia is. Um, but yeah, she's been doing it solo. Her mom passed away some years ago and also in the medical field. So she's a nurse in France and she just decided to hang things up and say, F it. I'm going to rent out my place and I'm just going to, I don't, she's like, I don't like routine. I actually asked her, I said, are you running away from something or are you trying to find something? And she said, no, I'm, I just, I don't like routine. And so I'm just been traveling and seeing as much as I can. And you know, as an example, instead of flying to the next city, she wants to go see whale sharks. Um, instead of flying, then by the way, they have whale sharks in Cebu, but she's, I guess she found another place where you can go out into the middle of the ocean to swim with the whale sharks. So instead of going to Cebu and flying there, she's decided to do the adventurous thing, which is figure out what boats to take to get to this random island I've never even heard of to go see more whale sharks. And what was amazing was, you know, that's what's so cool about Southeast Asia. You really don't necessarily have to plan everything in advance. Um, like here I am planning things six months in advance. Well, she wanted to figure out how to take the boat to get to this island, some island, and she didn't even know, know how to get there yet. So she was just going to like today, in fact, she was going to wake up today, pack her stuff, and then try to figure it figure it all out. How do I get to this island? It could take two or three boats to get there. Who knows what? And it's not like you just take a ferry for an hour. Like some of these islands and some of the boats, it might take you a couple of days even. Right. So, you know, just, she's just adventuring around. She was pretty cool. We, we, uh, yeah, kind of, you, you're chatting her up for a while. Yeah. Well, we were speaking French for a while too. Like I hadn't spoken, I didn't, I didn't really have anybody to speak French with for some time. So I was trying to like, get my French back, back in gear. So are you fluent? I, I was, yeah, I certainly was. I, I understand it pretty flawlessly, but now the problem is because I learned Spanish after, and I've been using that predominantly. The problem I have is now when I try to speak French, like I start spitting out Spanish mm. on top of my French. So, but I know if I'm in, I'm in the environment, it'll come back yeah. um, quickly. So. That's awesome. so it's funny. I was asking her, what her favorite dessert was. And she was saying some, I'm, I'm almost saying, I'm almost saying this here for my own recollection, but she said her favorite desserts in the world. Cause to me, the best pastries in the world, and I'm a pastry guy, my favorite pr desserts in the world are pastries. And my favorite dessert in the world is, uh, a chocolate eclair, but specifically from either Amsterdam or France, cause they know how to make their eclairs. And so in any event, she was saying, I need to eat something called pan suisse. So pan, P-A-N, suisse. So Swiss bread. Um, and then there's another one called Paris breast, like, you know, breast. So those are two things that are, that are going to be in my radar for my, my upcoming dessert hunting. So 
she was cool. There were another couple of German guys that were on the trip. Uh, interesting, you know, you reach, you always hear a dichotomy of people. There's always a panorama of people. So the, I forget what we were talking about. So they were talking about how um, they shouldn't have to be apologists for, you know, oh, that's why, because the, the German-Iranian guy was explaining, you know, how German has, Germany, unfortunately, has a bit of a dark past because of, you know, Hitler and what have you. But then the, the other German guy who was white, he was kind of like chiming in about how we, they shouldn't have to be, every, this generation shouldn't have to be in apology mode all the time and it shouldn't have to be an apology tour for everything that happened so long ago. Um, like people just need to move on and whatever. I kind of have mixed, mixed feelings about that. I was telling Aunt, you know, Thailandy that I don't mean this in a bad way, but that's a bit of, I think what they call in, on the news in America, like the white fragility, because I'm like, I don't know if anybody's ever made anybody put a gun to anybody's heads, asking them to apologize for shit previous generations did, but whatever. Right. Right. Like I, I was, I, I wish I had thought about it. I wish I had said something, you know, at the time that um, I actually, you know, as at home I have a Mercedes-Benz vehicle, and it's not like I bought it thinking, oh crap, these this is made by ex Nazis or anything, right? So that 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 thought wasn't. I don't think that thought is prevalent in the United States at all about Germans this day and age. No, I, yeah, it doesn't really cross my mind too much i mean i mean isn't vw wasn't that called the people's volkswagen i mean doesn't that mean the people's car wasn't that a thing i it's, i mean it's kind of lost on me yeah but yeah we yeah we drive andy and i both have you know so-called german cars and my shaver both of my shavers are made by braun which used to be i think it used to buy it was a german company i don't know if it still is or phillips um so whatever in any event he was he was a cool enough guy i think he was just launching a counterpoint and then uh, there's a basket of other people who I guess we didn't really talk too much. They're couples, so um, that was a trip. You know, we had a good lunch. <laughs> uh, we had a good lunch, and then we ended up going to uh, where did we go after that? Oh, we went to this other island called Guiam Island, G U Y A M, and that was really cool. I don't know what was so. There's like a basketball hoop there, right? Uh, yeah, I enjoyed the basketball hoop. I hadn't touched the basketball in, in weeks. And it was weird because there was like a moat in front of the basketball net. So you had to like shoot the basketball over. The well, moat. yeah, it's like the ground's made out of sand and then the sand got wet. And then just a little, a little pond formed in front of the basketball hoop. And that was, yeah, that was, I don't know why I like that island so much. Like, it's just one of these, like, hedonistic little, like, sm again, small little island. Just everybody having a drink, um, playing basketball, just talking. That's what we were doing. And it was, like, you know, just really, really, really good philosophical conversation. That, that's what I think I enjoy the most about any of my trips or when you meet fellow travelers. And you can have these kind of, like, philosophical conversations about life with no, you know, with no judgment or anything like that. Right, and, oh. and, and you also see how other people live. You know, there's two other Germans. One, one guy worked as a software architect for SAP, a a, a business consulting company. So he seemed like pretty focused on that. So we talked about. He just wanted to talk about his his work. So we just talked about that. And then, um, you know, there was another German that he had this. He told me that his his buddy when we had a buddy when he was sixteen um, go to Shaolin a Shaolin temple to learn the Shaolin way the way of the Shaolin monk and he said after that he was hooked on traveling his his buddy had gone to the Shaolin temple and and you know I think when he turned eighteen it's when he left and went to China. And he basically hasn't stopped traveling since. He's lived in China. He's lived in Taiwan. He's lived in a lot of other Asian countries. So it was interesting to get his, to see someone who, I you know, lived that life, you know, and it makes you quite kind of question, what you're doing with yours, you know. 
Yeah, it's interesting because I, I actually asked the Iranian-German guy as well as the French girl. I actually asked them, so, like, who's checking your mail? The French girl didn't quite understand what the hell I was talking about. But what I was really getting at is, like, when you guys are taking off for six months and now her a year, pl- and she doesn't have any plans of stopping, by the way. It's not like next fe- this coming February she's going back home. It'll just it'll have just completed one year of travel. And uh, But I asked them, I'm like, so who's checking your stuff, like... Who's making your car payments? Like, who's checking in on your place? But they had kind of set things up. Like, the French girl had a friend renting out her kind of airbnb her place and handling some of those things. And then the uh, the German guy, the Iranian-German guy and his girlfriend, they they kind of changed their addresses to their parents and stuff like that. So they, they had figured it out. Because some of you out there may be wondering, well, oh, I can't travel for, or I can't, like, dump my work and go for a year, like, these people are six months, because who's going to handle this? And I worry about that in my own thing, right? Like, who's going to do this? Who's going to check my mail? Who's going to do this and that and that? And, you know, at the end of the day, there are, you can figure it out. Somebody will help you. Computers are around, you know. If there's a will, there's a way. It's not rocket science. No, it's not. That's why, you know, and that's why it's really good to live a, a, a much more simple life. Because it just makes it so much easier to just pack a suitcase and leave. Like, you don't have all these entanglements, to use the term which is popular this year. You don't have all these entanglements and obligations that that weigh you down, right? Like, you don't have bankruptcy clients asking, you know, asking you the same questions 50 times and encumbering your, your, your mood. So, in any event, uh, the final stage was going out to sea for another snorkeling thing and man that was fun because the sea started getting a bit rough as you know it's rainy season here now and i'm not a strong swimmer at all and so when we got to the section for some reason nobody had their life jackets on so i thought okay screw it i'll just jump in without my life jacket and i just remember i started getting carried away from the boat i'm like how come the boat's getting so far away from me so i'm like i better swim back and no matter how hard i swam the boat seemed to stay at a fixed distance from me. So I started being like, oh shit, this isn't good. Cause I was, I was starting to get tired. And, uh, but I thought, okay, no problem. Cause I got Thailandy with me and everybody else, somebody will save me if something starts happening. But man, I was like, I can't, and then the water wasn't even that strong. So it's the current wasn't even that strong to me. So it's like, man, how do people even survive being overboard in any storm? I don't know what did you thought, but you thought it was kind of strong. Hey, eh, Thailandy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was the current was taking us away from the boat on the backside of the boat um and uh to make things harder there was it started getting kind of choppy so as you swam the water would kind of hit your face so so yeah those two factors made it kind of a little frustrating yeah, so I was like, here I am trying to doggy paddle back to the boat. Meanwhile, I'm getting like dragged out. But anyways, it all worked out. <laughs> and then, of course, you had the... This is why I love that party girl, because I remember the one of the stops, I think the first stop, I'm like, are you, are you jumping in? And she's like, well, I can't swim. I said, oh, don't worry, we'll save you. So she's like, okay. So she jumped in anyway and just hung on to a life preserver here in the middle of the ocean. I'm like... Man, she's de- she's either either definitely drunk or like a daredevil because I can't imagine not being able to swim and jumping into any ocean without a you know a life jacket. <laughs> she's like, okay, I'll just go in anyway, see what happens. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then finally, we ended up at another snorkeling site. But I think what happened there was it just like was it another snorkeling site? I thought we ended up. A- oh no no no! Sorry, we went to one more place called the Secret Island. And it's called the Secret Island because it only appears for a certain amount of time every day. I've seen one of these off of the coast of Bohol. So it's this beautiful white sandbar that only exists for several hours each day until the tide comes along and then goes above the water. It becomes submerged. So you have to get there earlier in the day to see it. Mm. Unfortunately, by the time we got there, um, the, the tide had risen, so we couldn't really see it. Right, right. We're so- standing on it. Oh my god. Oh, sorry, that we had like, I think we have a lizard in our room making some funny noises, but anyhow. Speaking of which, we had a couple more aftershocks, so I don't know if I mentioned this on the last podcast, 
But the other night we got hit with like a 7.6 magnet magnitude earthquake. So to give you some basis for 7.6, last year's Turkey, that big earthquake in Turkey that killed 20,000 people, that was 7.7. .7. Um, but anyhow, we've had some aftershocks. <coughs> so that was a great tour. We, you know, we all exchanged info. Um, then we ended up, we thought, okay, it's our second last night here. We have to go out. So after a really great tour with all these great people, we decided to, you know, we're exhausted, but we're like, we got to see this one last thing. So we end up climbing on our bikes when we get to the hotel and we go to see this thing called the Sunset Bridge here in Shargao. So why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about the Sunset Bridge? Hmm. <coughs> what can I say? Well, it's a bridge that's over a, um, what would you say that body of water was? Inlet? Yeah, it's like an inlet from the ocean. Yeah. That, that turns into mangroves. Yeah. Right. So it's over water. The bridge is over water. There's mangroves of both sides. And yeah. And then when you look off on one side, there's a sense, there's the sunsets over these trees in the distance. Yeah. I mean, it, it sounds boring, right? But then I guess every night or every evening around, you know, when sunset starts, like around five right now. It's a very festive atmosphere, so the bridge is just completely lined with locals and tourists alike on both sides. There are all these like street food vendors. There are people just like going up and down the bridge with their skateboards. There are some people even just jumping off the bridge doing backflips, which kind of surprised me because the bridge is somewhat high up. And uh, yeah, people are just eating their corn, their skewers, getting their ice cream. And sure enough, who do, who do we run into when we get there, you know, also buying some food, is our German-Iranian friend and his wife. Yep. So, so we hung out, we, you know, we hung out with them for, with them for a couple minutes, and then, uh, but that was, I thought it was a cool experience, just like the energy of all the people there. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like everybody's like escaped the world, and we're now all convening to watch the beauty of the sunset. Like you can now start appreciating, you know, one of the wonderful things about traveling, especially when you're on, on one of these smaller... <laughs> off the beaten path kind of tourist places is you know you're, you're kind of escaping from everything else and so people you can start appreciating the beautiful things of the planet you know when you're back home yeah sure we see some nice sunsets but here seeing the sunset had turned into this incredible ceremony where everybody just comes descends on this bridge just to watch the beauty of the sunset and everybody's happy and in a good mood and mm -hmm. like have you met one one cranky person on this trip mm, can't say i have nobody yeah. um you know it's just like nobody's like oh get out of my way or oh this guy's annoying like it's just been such a peaceful thing so one of the beautiful parts of traveling is when you're in places like this you can appreciate these beautiful things of nature that we otherwise take for granted back home so the sunset bridge i, I highly recommend it's just like five minutes further past cloud nine. Um, so definitely check it out. I, I didn't get a chance to see it last week, and I'm gl so glad I got to see it this time around. Yeah. Well, I also thought it was kind of fun that these, uh, I presume, I guess we presume they're, um, they're like Instagram uh, influencers or something, but there are people jumping off the bridge as well. Yeah. Doing backflips into it. Yeah, and some people had drones, so... I, and, and the bridge was not... It was not a short... It was not a small jump. No, not at all. It's what, 50 feet, would you say? Maybe, yeah. 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 So, yeah, I don't know if they're doing it for Instagram or what, but uh, regardless, I, I, pray, I pray to God this doesn't turn into a Tulum where everybody's only going here to... Coming here to take Instagram photographs, but... In any event, it doesn't matter if they do, as long as they're having fun. So we decided, as tired as we were, we thought, should we wrap it up? Oh, hell no. We ain't wrapping it up. So what do we do next? We decided to go back to, we're deciding whether to go, where to go have dinner. And, you know, we've fallen in love with this restaurant called Sev, C-E-V, for ceviche. But we were debating between there and another place called Bliss that I'd wanted to eat at. Well, in the middle of the, trying to figure that out, guess what? It starts raining. So... 
which isn't that surprising. We go into this grocery store, and only on an island like this does a grocery store have some random locals just sitting there. Um, and Andy strikes up a conversation with them about maybe doing surfing, which didn't happen. But to wait out the rain, Andy decides to get some berries, drinking in the grocery store. I'm eating some chips, which I don't usually do. And then we end up like going to dinner after all. We hit up this place called Happiness. So that's a big, like, it's a big, I think it's a hostel or hotel. And it also has this really cool restaurant. The food was decent. We had some like uh, shawarmas. But um, the better part was the ambiance. So total like out of a movie. They have swings from the ceilings to sit at the bar. Uh, just really like positive energy there. Everybody there is just like on vacation. Um, it's got a really like bright setup. The owner, I think the owner or the manager came by was giving us shots of some sort of like, I don't know what it was. And uh, there's this tiny little baby kitten running around. So that was fun. And then we decided to go into town after the rain lifted. And uh, did we want to get some dessert or what were we looking for at that point? Um, A dessert coffee or something? We, we, we got like this uh, vegan ice cream. Was that, was that the, the nice cream? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Banana, that banana place. Yeah. Banana Uono or something. So. It's like vegan <laughs> vegan frozen yogurt with, with like top interesting toppings. Yeah. So we went there. Yeah. And then we, you know, we weren't sure. We really wanted to hit the party night. So every night in Chargao, there's a bar designated to be the party bar for the night. And so everybody descends on it. And... As long as I've now been here, pushing two weeks, I've never gone to it. I come home and, I'm, you know, we're tired from the day. We just haven't done it or it's raining. And so the, I, I kind of forced us to, like, let's do this. But uh, what ended up happening is we saw this group of people in front of this, like, small bar, like, just facing the street. And it's not even a bar you can walk into. It's like just like a kiosk or whatever you want to call it. And we saw all these people just like dancing and having a good time. So like we walk up to it and we're looking at the menu, and one of the girls from the this fat party going on on in the street in front of this little kiosk is like, oh the bar is closed, or the restaurant's closed. We're like oh, but she's like no, but you can join us. I'm like oh no, we don't want to be you know, we don't want to impose. She's like no no no, you're my guest and you know. So next thing you know, Andy and I are getting dragged into this like party of all these friends that live here uh, in General Luna or nearby and they just had taken over this whole little area in the street and the side of the road just they had cake and food and they're drinking whiskey and coke oh, yeah 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 that was, that was fun and but yeah, just talk about the hospitality right this girl didn't know who we were but she was like she spent the whole night making sure oh do you guys have enough to drink she was giving us cake she just kept refilling our cups instead of mm -hmm. paying attention to her own friends and she was introducing us to everybody and it's like then she invited us to the next bar and it's like, geez, man, like these, like where else do you see that hospitality, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's so refreshing, you know, and so honored to, that they invited us, you know? I mean, yeah, like, and, and here's the beautiful part. It was poor. It started pouring rain. Do you think that shut down their party? Oh, hell no. They just, sorry, I'm really congested right now. But all that it did is they, they kind of put up a bit of a makeshift roof. Everybody was still getting soaked. So they just took off their shoes and just kept dancing in the pouring rain, getting soaked and having like the, t dude, they looked like they were having the time of their lives. Yeah, I, I didn't even know how the girl was dancing on like broken like asphalt. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh my God. <coughs> yeah, because they were all doing that. Yeah. Um, but the girl that invited us, she was really, really cool. Like, you know, these these people are way smarter than we'll ever be in the West, right? I, I don't know how old she was, but she was showing me her photographs because she, I'm like, what do you do? She's like, oh, I, I, I bake. She's a baker. And she'll, like, bake cakes for people on the island and, and catering things. And she's, I'm like, you should, I, I was shocked when I saw some of her things. Because when you look at the util, the things here on the island and the lack of, you know, certain ingredients, I guess, or facilities, you wouldn't think they'd be able to construct some of the cakes she, she was making. Like, 
these are like wedding cakes that would probably cost upwards of a few thousand dollars in the US. Um, so she was, I'm like, you built bake these cakes yourself? She's like, yeah, I did it all myself. I'm like, holy shit. But what I found interesting is <clears throat> she's like, you know, like, yeah, everybody keeps telling me, yeah, that my, my cakes are amazing, but, and I should, I could turn them into a big business. And I'm like, well, why don't you? And again, this is, I don't know how old this girl is, but she, I'm, how old do you think she was? Mid twenties, maybe. Mm-hmm. You know, the first thing she said to me without thinking, she said, I don't think I want to do it because I don't want to be a slave to money or to making money. Something like that. Right. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't believe like the intelligence. Oh of no. She said, I didn't want to lose myself. I, I didn't want to lose myself to making money. Yeah. And I was like, wow. Like, wow. How much happier would everybody be with that mentality? Right? Because she could still make a living making the cakes and selling what she's selling without turning it into a big business. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and nobody can tell me there was a happier person on the planet than her. She was with her friends. Not even the pouring rain could put out her fire. Right? Yeah. Um, and because she understood how it worked. And here on the islands, people understand, right? And it's not just this island. When you go to a lot of islands, not just in the Philippines, people kind of get get it, right? And so, anyhow, that was my big well, nugget. Well, well because, especially because a lot of, I was talking to some of them, um, a lot of them have the option to leave the island and go into the city, Um but a lot of them make that decision saying, hey, I'm happy here. I'm just going to live this life and make less money. But, hey, I'm happy. Yeah. Or in the West, it's like just more, more, more. Right. And we don't we don't really value that the happiness. in someone's success. It's, it's almost like in the West, we it's like money is. When you see someone successful, it's almost a hundred percent money related. You 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 would never see someone that's <coughs> happy on the island and say they're successful by Western definition. Yeah, like, totally. You, you would not look at these people yesterday and say, "Hey, they're successful people." No, and that's always a problem in the West, right? But it's like you're right, absolutely. You know, like I, I remember my mom was once saying, and my mom was quite smart about this stuff too, but. Maybe she was caught off guard and she's like, how come these other people are, she pointed to some doctor that my brother had, one of my brother's friends, my brother's a doctor too, but she pointed to one of his friends. She's like, how come these guys can do it so easily and they're so successful? And he was a doctor too. And he'd been married and he had a kid. And I think she was wondering why my brother at the time hadn't been married. And, uh, he's like, she was pointing to some random guy, my brother and you're like, how come this guy's so successful? And they're like, well, what do you mean he's successful? He's had, like, the guy she was pointing to had had, like, two divorces already. <laughs> your, your, your mom said this? I said that to my mom. Because she, oh. for some reason, she she was using one of my brother's friends as an example. Yes. I said, well, what makes you think that guy's successful? Like, that motherfucker's had two two divorces. That's not easy. That's not, that doesn't sound very successful to me. But, yeah, like, yeah, you're right. Because a couple of her friends last night that I was talking to, yeah, they had left the island and had come back. Or they'd gone to university on a bigger island and come back. And they're like, yeah, they're like, yeah, I like it here. I like my my life here. And, you know, it's fun. And one guy ran, he, one guy actually ran a hotel here. I think he ran called the Shargao Inn, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, it's coming down again. It's raining. <laughs> but he ran a hotel down the street. And he's like, oh, yeah, that's stressful because I have to answer all these emails and this, that, and the other. But I was just kind of thinking to myself, like, that's stressful to him. But imagine that. You know, that that's his version of stress compared to like the shit we'd have to deal with in, in back home. So I would tra- trade his version of stress any any day. So you know they invited us to another bar. After that, I, I don't know what happened. I haven't been feeling great these last few days, to be honest with you. I don't know if I'm fighting a cold or or what, but um, it didn't help that she she kept pouring these drinks. And we just eaten so much food at this happiness place. We overordered, so I was stuffed. And I have this thing where, like, if I drink, sorry, if I eat a lot of food, I really can't drink alcohol after. I don't know why. Like, I just start feeling like really bloated. I don't feel great. And so I guess the mistake was made of, once again, I'm eating a lot and then drinking. So I hadn't planned to really drink, 
but then how do you say no when you're invited to a party with all these locals? So I didn't, I didn't even really drink that much. I think I was just kind of like, it was the Coke, the carbonation and the fizz just made me feel bloated. So, um, I mean, it was very coherent. I just didn't feel great. It, again, I don't even know if there was much in the Coke they put, but anyhow, so, you know, Thailand and I went to, he was hungry, so we went to get some, ski, what did you get? Yaki, yaki, what? Uh, I mean, it was yakitori? A, it was a, yeah, it was a, it's kind of a fake yakitori place. Why was it fake? There was no yakitori. Okay, that makes it fake. <laughs> <laughs> well, that sold out. That, I mean, they, they only had a couple, uh, usually yakitori, there's like 20 different skewers. Um, types that you can order from. This one had like a handful, and they're all sold out. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I do remember you. <laughs> you kept it. He kept telling you, "Sorry, we don't have this. Sorry, we don't have that." Yeah, like basically don't have anything. This is, we're kind of getting into low season here because of the rains. So I think a lot of the businesses aren't as like gung ho. They don't have a lot of yeah. Some of them are just kind of like shuttered with small short hours, and like they're not keeping big inventories, but. Yeah, so we're hanging out there for a while, and you know, we, we really wanted to keep going with these people to because they invited us to some bar called El Lobo, and then ultimately to Shargao Beach Club. So, the party night was at some place called Mama Co. Uh, was it Mama Loco? Yes. Mama Coco, I think Mama Loco. So, I think it's Coco. Anyway, so at least I got to see it. So I I didn't really go into the party, but it it kind of. F- spilled out into the street where there's just a DJ and everybody's just like dancing. And so I told, I told Thailandy, man, this is a once in a lifetime thing. Go find them, go hang out with them. But I really need to just get home and lie down. Like, I don't know if it was the early morning, just, I, you know, my energy levels in the evening had kind of plummeted. I don't know it was the food. I just was not feeling great. Um, I just really needed a bed or something for a minute, at least just five or ten minutes, but I, I I had I knew in my heart and Andy knew too. Once I once I got back, I wouldn't I wasn't coming back. But of course, once I hit the road, now remember we're using motorbikes to get everywhere. Once I hit the road, dude, like fucking torrent, and I'm not even exa- I don't think I'm exaggerating. Torrential downpour, and the problem is when you're in a motorbike on this island, there aren't really like roofs roofs at the side of the road to to stop at. Like I remember when I had a bike in Bohol. It was also it would also rain sporadically, but I could always just pull over, and then park the bike under a roof, concrete roof at the side of the road. They don't have that here yet. So man, I was drenched. Like it was coming coming down so hard I could barely see, and you have to be really careful on the roads here on the island because, the problem is there are dogs everywhere. And I don't know what it is with the dogs here. The dogs have the right of way, which is great. But the dogs are so bold, they just will sleep in the middle of the road. And remember, this isn't a city. There aren't there are no lights on the roads. So once you get out of General Luna, which is where all the restaurants are, it's just like being in, in the in the back country um, where if you're lucky you have moonlight. And of course we didn't last night. So you have to be very careful when you're driving because I've almost hit black dogs in the night, not surprisingly, that are just lying in the middle of the road. And so you gotta drive really carefully. This becomes exponentially more difficult when it's pouring rain so hard that you can't see because the the rain is like stinging your eyes. I don't know why the rain was stinging my eyes. I don't know if it's a, a derivation of the salt water in the air as well or what, but. So you can barely see shit. And then I end up like almost hitting a what I thought was a, a rat, because I see this thing like moving across the road, but it's, you know, rats usually run run fast. And this thing's like light colored, and but I thought it was my lights lighting it up. And it turns out there's a fucking crab walking across, like, you know, doing the crab walk, walking across the street, like the main road. And I'm like, and I was walking away from the ocean. And I'm like, where the fuck is this crab going? But I almost hit this crab. And then only in the only in the Shargal that happens. And then I overshoot my, you know, I'm so drenched. I overshoot my hotel because I can't see the landmarks that I usually use to try to figure out where the hotel is because it's kind of hidden. And uh, anyhow, I, I finally get, I get to the hotel and I like, I get in. I am 
dripping wet from head to toe. I just like take off my clothes. I like wring them out. I hang them up and I just want to like lie down. I'm hoping I could just like, I'm in a situation where I can just like try to, to dry heave or go to the bathroom, but those aren't really the problems. I don't really know what it was. I was just feeling super bloated. So anyways, I freaking just like lie in bed, like close my eyes. And then at some point, I think I hear you come in, eh, Thailandy? Mm-hmm. So tell me what happened while I was gone. Um, well, I went to El Lobo um, and it was like um, just very young people um, dancing and very festive. It wasn't too unlike a, a club in Los Angeles. Um, and then I kind of got claustrophobic, so I decided to go to Sargao Beach Club, where um, it's it's outdoor venue, a lot more space. So ended up dancing. Had a good time. Oh, you were dancing too? Yeah. Um, how were the people there? Was it like a mix of U- Europeans and the Filipinos, or what was the deal? Yeah, yeah, it was a, it was a good mix. Yeah, in fact, I met some uh, Filipinos there. They they uh, work at a massage studio, and they were all there after work, hanging out. Okay, cool. Yeah. <coughs> and what happened to the <coughs> that that gaggle of uh, locals that had invited us out in the first place? I did not see them. Oh, you didn't see them? But you saw them at a Lobo, right? I did, yeah. Okay, and you don't know where they went after that? No. Okay. Um, anyway, so that's what's up. That was last night. And um, I'm feeling a million times better today. I really don't know what was going on. I think I was just zonked too. I was probably hi- superbly dehydrated from being from island hopping all day and hardly drinking anything, which is something I have a bad habit of doing. I don't, I don't, I don't drink nearly enough water. Especially when you're doing an island hopper. So, today was great. We'll save that one for the next podcast. Today is today was our last full day here. Sad to say, um, but we've had a fantastic trip. We'll re, we'll give you the recap on that later today or on another podcast. Um, but yeah, that's it. So, you know, thanks for listening. I'm glad I can bring bring you some of these stories from our travels and things we learn along the way. That's why. I call this, you know, part of this podcast is about epiphanies from travel. And, you know, you, you meet all these teachers along your way. The Iranian, who t- German-Iranian guy who, Iranian-German guy that is teaching us about, you know, keeping a simple life and moving away from material possessions. To the, the baker on the island who doesn't want to lose herself to pursuing money instead of her happiness. Um, while we may have talked about that before, it's always it's always a positive reinforcement to find other people on the journey that are reiterating those things upon you. So that's a podcast for today. Thailandy, thanks for joining us. Thailandy's falling asleep. Yeah. But uh, we will see you guys on the next one. What's that? Yeah, we've been having full days, man. Full days. From buzzer to bell. All right. Take it easy. Late.